Hello, you. It's Graham Norton here. Thank you for listening to my Virgin Radio podcast with Waitrose. This week on the show, George the Poet talks about his incredible podcast and a new book that's come out to accompany it. Have you read about George's podcast? Eve Ewson is here to chat about a brilliant new dark comedy TV series, Bad Sisters. And Lulu tells us about a fascinating documentary, My Old School, based on the true life of Brian McKinnon. Show chef Martha is bustling around the kitchen with cheese, potatoes, bacon, avocado and chocolate. What could it be? And we've had some fascinating dilemmas for you this weekend in Graham's Guide. Here's Maria to tell us more. Good morning. You say the sound of the seagull, the smell of the sea. You would not want to smell it this morning, Graham Norton. Let me tell you that. Has Hastings uh, flushed flushed the entire town into the sea? it's basically from Brighton along to Hastings. Yeah. No, because I remember I used to walk the dogs in Bexhill and you'd see those big pipes and you'd think, isn't that amazing? I suppose back in the day, maybe awful things came out of those pipes. <laughs> no, now in the day. <laughs> yeah, we've gone, we've gone, we've reversed to back in the day where now the 1920s when anything goes. Yes, I imagine it like um, when people vomit on Family Guy. That's how I imagine those pipes are, just you know, just like shooting straight out into the sea. You you don't want to know, Graham. You don't want to know. Now, did you not go to a party last night with your very own Steve Jenya? Well, do you know, I did go. It was uh, Belinda Carlyle's birthday party. I think I'm. Wow. Not, I, I don't think I'm telling tales out of out of school. I, it was her birthday party. Uh, now, Belinda had more friends than I thought she'd have. <laughs> So I didn't stay as long as I thought I might. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, you quite... asked for lots. Well, you asked for lots of photographs. No, no, you oh. couldn't take a photograph. You'd have to raise your arms to take a picture. Oh, I see. Uh, it was packed, is what it you're was saying. Packed, absolutely packed. And I thought, well, I'm sure Belinda might enjoy getting COVID for her birthday, but I don't. So no, um, uh, I made a hasty retreat by waving at Belinda as I went, saying "Happy birthday." <laughs> That's how to do a party, isn't it? You go, you do something rather extraordinary maybe fall over so that people know that you were there <laughs> and then you leave straight away. So as far as they're concerned, you were at the party. That's yes. what people are telling me. No, and I did apologise profusely because, I, you know, I, it's silly to be that worried about COVID, but, you know, I, I'm I'm back being tested again now for work. So I was I, going to say, when does your televisual show come back? Thanks for asking, Maria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, end of September. A long time. Yes, but I'm doing a, a top-secret project. I'm doing a top-secret project. I'm being whisked away in a car after the show, which is why I felt like someone who'd been affected by the trains because I walked to work this morning in the sunshine. It was lovely. OK, because normally you cycle, is that yes, right? Yes, but you see, I didn't, I, I'd be stuck with my bike here because okay. I'd been whisked away in a car to do my so top-secret filming. Instead of a five-minute journey, it's now ten minutes because you're walking. No, it was half an hour. <laughs> I mean, you know, I had to stop in Greg's, but uh, it still took half an hour. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Since I last saw you, Graham, I have embarked, talking of Greg's, on a health kick again. Um, no longer, <laughs> yeah, I know, no longer for aesthetic purposes, but merely, as my trainer told me, to keep healthy and live longer. But now I'm really seriously ba- debating in a philosophical manner. Do I want to live longer if I can't eat cakes? Well, that's it. But now, when did the trainer enter your life? 
The trainer ended my life this week. He may be exiting quite soon <laughs> because he makes me do those things. What are they called? Burpees? Oh, where you you bend your knees and then jump up again? No, I think you've got the wrong trainer here, Maria. Oh, what's what is this? What is that called then? You know, bending your knees. That's a burpee. Again. It's a burpee. It is a burpee. Okay, my knees have calcified after teaching aerobics in the nineteen eighties. Yeah. I have no knees left. And burpees, I keep saying to him, no, I cannot do the burpees. Oh, yes, it's good. It will support the muscles around your knee. Blah, 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 blah. Shall I kill him? him. Shall I fire Fire him? him. Fire him. What do you do instead of burpees, Graham? Because I know you're very good at all of this. I am. I watch the others. Uh, (laughs) I cycle to the gym and back. And, uh, you know, I work a bit of a sweat there. (laughs) Basically, I just look at my trainer thinking, your father's the same age as I am. And I, ca- I, ca- I now can't get past the fact that my, my, my trainer's father <laughs> is the same age as I am. And- no, but the philosophical problem of staying as healthy as you can so that you live as long as you can, but living quite miserably without any good well, no, no, see, that's, you see, that's, I think, always think that's such a mistake. You don't, okay, you go don't on, cut go anything on. out, you cut everything down. It's, it's, it's all about moderation. You know, cake is in the world because it's delicious and it's a lovely treat. It stops being a treat if it's all you eat. Uh, you know, so there you go. There you go. That, yeah. that's, uh, yeah. r- write Good. that down on well, a postcard. I, yeah, I quite like that. I, Athena, if Athena was still going. <laughs> if only. <laughs> everything in moderation. Too many cards with things on them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Too many cards of shirtless men become, holding babies. <laughs> you have become a meme, Graham Norton. Everything in moderation. Everything in moderation. Uh, hopefully the letters have reached you and you're standing by with two problems for our they listeners. They have. Marvellous. Virgin Radio. I've just done 40 burpees. No, I haven't. <laughs> here's, a rec- here's a record. No, here's... <laughs> If you Hello. insist, are you a bit breathless after your burpees? I can't read a letter. <laughs> here's the first letter. Dear Graham and Maria, my daughter, aged 24, recently got a puppy. I have two adult dogs. Trouble is, when she comes to my house, she just lets her puppy come up to my dogs. While out in the garden, it's not a big problem, but in the house it leads to carnage. She doesn't have a collar or a lead on her puppy and seems to think it's okay to let the puppy jump up on my dogs. They clearly aren't happy and snap at the puppy. As you can imagine, this leads to a very tense atmosphere. Tonight was a topping on the cake when she stormed out of the house saying I was patronising because I said she shouldn't let the puppy go up to any dog and every dog. Please help. And this is from Julie in Lothian. Well, I think, Julie in Lothian, your daughter is um, putting up a fight against you here on using the puppy, but maybe about something else. I would say, Julie in East Lothian... My house, my rules. So when you're already established dogs, um, their territory, their space, um, have a little, you know, twittery puppy knocking about their legs, they don't like it. So you have to explain this. Uh, She's 24 in the nicest possible terms to your daughter, Julie, because... You know, when we feel patronised, we fight back. And there is almost certainly more going on here, I think, Julian East Lothian, than puppy behaviour. Um, but you have to nip this in the bud. Talk to her about maybe getting the puppy trained. You could offer to pay for the puppy to be trained if you were feeling generous. And maybe meet her on ne- neutral ground, 
for a coffee and a chat and explain to her that your dogs are already established and she should keep her dog on a collar and on a lead when she's in your house and indeed everywhere, really. I mean, Julie in East Lothian, I think... It's an amazing. She's done such a good job training her two dogs. <laughs> and yet her young human pup <laughs> seems very poorly trained. Uh, just, uh, yeah, uh, this is your daughter is being unreasonable and somehow you're allowing it. You're sort of thinking, oh, dear, she's upset. Well, good she's upset. She should be upset because she's an idiot. Uh, frankly, just, you know, <laughs> you need to, you know, because this isn't about a mother and daughter. It's about a puppy learning how to be in the world. Now, I have to say the the, the creatures that will solve this problem are Julie's adult dogs because they will teach that puppy a lesson. Um, and hopefully the puppy will start being better behaved in the house if, you know, if they snap at it enough and if that puppy pushes them enough, they will turn and uh, it won't be pretty. But Yeah, I mean, I do agree with Julie and East Lothian that you shouldn't let the puppy go up to each and every other dog that is around the place. Mm. You must train your puppy, Julie's daughter, in East Lothian, and you must keep it on the lead and you must train it because if you put the time in now, you will get a lovely dog. Dog. Yes. If you don't put the time in now, it will be carnage. You will have a problem, dog, and nobody will be happy, not least your mum. Also, um, is that thing? Know. I think because you love your puppy, and everyone goes, "Oh, it's a puppy." You think everything on earth is going to love your puppy? Yeah, lots of dogs hate puppies and you know Julie's daughter is going to find that out to her cost if she's just letting this puppy run willy nilly around a park. It's not going to end well. No, especially when other dogs are on leads. I think this is always a problem. If another dog is on the lead and your puppy goes snapping at its heels, then that dog on the lead is going to feel um, attacked and that's not going to end well. <laughs> it's making me laugh because this is so niche. And finally, we found something we like talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Graham and Maria will do an hour and a half long lecture. Yes, they've gone quite country. deep. They've gone quite deep on this problem. <laughs> Normally, they just say, dump him. <laughs> And, and, and talk about things in their fridge. But no, they've gone very serious on this problem. So listen, if people have advice for it, Julie in East Lothian and the daughter, because really, this is, as you said, this isn't about a pup and two dogs. This is about a mother and daughter and and a unreasonable daughter, I would say. But then Julie did raise her. So, you know, hey, uh, look in the mirror. And my favourite responders today will be getting a Waitrose Cherry Bakewell Crumble Cake. Z, two of them. Two beautiful almond sponge cakes filled with fruity morello cherry compote and crowned with a golden topping of flaked almond streusel. Like, you know, like an apple streusel. It's not a strudel, it's a streusel. A sweet end to any meal. You don't even have to have a meal, do you? Just shove that in your gob. There you go. And then go to Maria's trainer. <laughs> It'll make you jump up and down. Oh, they suggest serving with a dollop of creme fraiche and a handful of cherries. Nice idea. Nice idea. Anyway, Christine in Newmarket says, Julie, your daughter must have other issues with you and is using the puppy to get back at you. Tell her the puppy isn't welcome till she trains it. Oh, tough love. I think Julie should buy a collar, a lead and some treats as a present for her daughter. And if these help her behaviour problems, see what he's done there, uh, then next time she can bring the puppy. Uh, thank you very much, Liam and Ayrshire. Yes, I'm not sure uh, putting a collar on the daughter is going to help. <laughs> that may be a problem. Uh, Simon. 
in Pearly on Thames. Oh, lovely, lovely Pearly on Thames. I can only imagine how gorgeous this day. Uh, this is really an issue between the mom and daughter, whatever that is about. However, the daughter is doing nothing wrong with the pup, who needs to socialise with other dogs, and the two elder dogs will put the pup in its place in the pecking order. And I was saying that, I mean, that in the end, the two dogs will teach the puppy. But in the meantime, if you're in somebody's house, you know, three dogs not getting on or roughhousing can cause a lot of chaos. So, you know, I do think control the puppy a bit. You don't just, you know, if you're in a field, fine, they'll work it out. But if there's a coffee table with a lovely array of glass ornaments, you know, and I'm sure Julie keeps her house beautiful in East Lothian, the neighbours talk, uh, then, uh, yeah, you've got to do something. Uh, Tony uh, in the Wirral. The poor puppy is the one I feel for. Puppies learn social so, socialization now, not later. Consistency in correct training is crucial. Unfortunately, your daughter's puppy will come off worse. Most people shouldn't have dogs. As a full-time dog walker, I would judge her as one of those. Wow. Well, because you're a full-time dog walker, Tony, you burn the calories. I'm going to give you the Waitrose Cherry Bakewell Crumble Cakes. There you go. You're getting them. Yeah, don't share them with the dogs. <laughs> but keep one in your pocket. And those, do those dogs will follow you to the end of the earth. <laughs> OK, I'm going to do the second guide. OK, here we go. Dear Graham and Maria, this is a Christmas dilemma but needs sorting. Now, wow, Graham, this is a first. Surely <laughs> we're on the 20th of August and the Christmas letters are starting to come. But, but this person is right. The sooner you yep. sort them. Yeah. True. OK, on I go. Every year, my husband and I go to our daughter and family and our son and his family. And we alternate it each year. Thank you very much. One year to our daughter on Christmas Day, the next to our son. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, I follow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah thanks. Yeah. But this year, it's our turn to go to our son on Christmas Day. But our daughter will be on her own and wants us to go there. Our son always has his in-laws stay all over Christmas, so they're not alone. But I don't know how to tell our son that we won't be there on Christmas Day this year. How can I tell him in a nice way that we'd like to swap days this year because I don't want to hurt him or hurt our daughter? And that is Annabelle in Butte. Annabelle in Butte, I mean, I know you're getting in quick quick on the Christmas dilemma, but I think this is an easy one because surely if your daughter's on her own, you just say, come to your brother's house with us because we're going and the in-laws will be there and we can all be together and it will be lovely. However, families aren't always that easy and there may be some animosity between your daughter and your son. I don't know. You seem to be getting in a lather about how you can tell them that you won't be there. You've already decided that you're going to to your daughter's. How can I tell him without hurting him? Um, I would say, Annabelle imbued, much as he loves you, Christmas <laughs> is, you know, he's already got his in-laws, two less people, or fewer, um, for Christmas is probably delightful for him because, you know, it's lovely to see everyone, of course, and then it's just the same old, same old. And you're, you're going to see your daughter because, for some reason, she is alone this year. That's a perfectly good reason. He would obviously say, invite her to ours. She probably doesn't want to go, different ends of the country. Who knows? We're not told. Um I wouldn't worry too much about telling him. It's August. Uh, he's, got a long time to, he's got a long time to get over it. Unless you've got the Brussels sprouts on already, 
I wouldn't <laughs> worry. What do you think, Graham? I mean, it's adorable that Hannah Bell and Booth thinks anyone's going to care. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you it's, would say it's that. It's adorable that she thinks people are going to be heartbroken that she's not outside the door on Christmas Day. Uh, you're absolutely right. So, oh, thank God, two people aren't here. Great. Uh, and also, when you say the daughter's on her own, do you mean... Like her husband and children aren't there or because, you know, but it sounds I think she just means that family has got no one else there. And, no, and apparently... I think it's, no, 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 no. I think it means that the daughter is alone. Otherwise, she would have said where know, the rest of them go. Well, we don't know. Maybe they've divorced in the last year, Graham. Um, we're, we're making, we're trying to sort of decipher this letter. Well, if there's some sort of drama, some family drama or, or tragedies befallen the daughter, then I think it would be a very, it would be a heart of stone that would not release Annabelle and her husband uh, to go and sit with them on Christmas. Um, and again, I go back to who cares. But... Uh... <laughs> But, but yes, if she's actually physically on her own, then either include her or you you go there. Or you say, I mean, and actually the daughter has said, the daughter has said she wants them to go. So it's not like the daughter, because, you know, I would be thinking if I was born on my own, thinking, oh, isn't it lovely Christmas by myself? Yeah, but, me too. But, but obviously, Annabelle's daughter is different and she wants her parents to be there. So I you know, I, well, the, the, Annabelle's question, uh, Graham, is how can I tell him in a nice way that we'd like to swap days this year? I'm not coming. Here's how you do it, Annabelle. <laughs> um, your sister finds herself alone for whatever reason, insert reason here. And so it would be, as Graham Norton said, take a heart of stone not to join her. Hope you don't mind. See you next year. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And just send uh, a nice box of biscuits uh, and, you know, maybe a, a, a tinned ham. And uh, Waitrose are very good for that, Graham. Oh, tinned, yes. Tinned yes. ham and biscuits. Oh, in fact, we'll probably be doing a Christmas competition near the time. The wheel, <laughs> the wheel is in storage. Is it back? Is it coming back? <laughs> you for know, Christmas? we spent a lot of money in that wheel. It will be returning. It'll be well, dusted off. I'll bring off. my WD40 in because I reckon <laughs> that mechanism is faulty. Particularly with this hot summer. It will, oh, have, yeah. it will have it'll dried, have dried out. out. It will have dried out horribly in storage. A tinderbox. <laughs> Would that be awful if I spun the wheel and it burst into flames? Oh, stop it now. <laughs> Cut two. Oh, it happened. Uh, so, Annabelle in Bood, I think what my, Maria and I are saying is you don't really have a problem unless you have an incredibly unreasonable son. I think that's the bottom line, isn't it? And, yeah. and if he's being very unreasonable, again, you raised him. Look in the mirror. Oh, there you go. That's your phrase for the day, Graham. Yep. Look in the mirror. I'm in quite tough with the parents today. <laughs> That's your child, that is. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I look, he's got, he's, they've got, you've got the in-laws, they've got kids. You know, two less people, it, that is really your early Christmas gift to your son and his wife that you won't be coming. So, uh, yeah, go, go sit. Also, I just have to say very quickly. Oh, yes. I mean, you know, Christmas Day, there's other bits to it as well. You can go before Christmas. You can go the day before Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve. You can go on Boxing Day. You know, it's, that one day takes on it's a lot of heavy lifting. And so now, I wouldn't want it too much. See, I think Annabelle's son was listening to the programme thinking, oh, this sounds great. And now you've raised the spectre <laughs> of they're still, they're still going to show up. <laughs> Shut up, Maria. No, they can't. No, we've locked the doors. <laughs> we've gone on a skiing holiday suddenly. <laughs> and my favourite responder will be receiving two Waitrose Cherry Bakewell Crumble Cakes. Mmm, delicious. Uh, right, I'll be interested to know uh, what, what Virgin listeners made of this problem. Uh... 
Oh, Steve says, Annabel should have Christmas breakfast with her son and Christmas dinner with her daughter. I mean, you don't want two people coming to Christmas breakfast. Bog off. I'm busy. I'm, I'm, I'm peeling sprouts. What? You, what you, <laughs> you want a fancy breakfast? No. No, Steve. No. Neil's in Dumfries. I've I've good feeling about this. Get your daughter a dog. <laughs> Get your daughter a dog to spend Christmas Day with. Sounds like there's going to be a puppy going spare in Lothian pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, that, that see the problems have solved each other. Well done. Uh, some nice joined up thinking there from Neil and Dumfries. Well done. Uh, John's in Staley Bridge. Oh, Annabelle, I think I must be missing something here because, to be honest, I'm struggling to find the dilemma. I'm guessing there is a reason your daughter can't go to your son's, but let's assume, like all families, they're slightly crazy. So here's what you do. Say you'll host Christmas at your house. No one wants to come and you get the perfect Christmas and you'll spend it with just your husband without any pressure, stress or forced jovialness. Perfect. You know, John, that is because, yeah, like, how come they're getting off scot free? Annabelle and the husband just rocking up <laughs> a box of crackers every year, going, Hi, we're here, feed us, give us booze. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, they should offer to, you're quite right, John, they should offer to host. Uh, Theatre in Rochford, Annabelle. This could be better resolved by actually asking your adult kids what they want to do. Maybe your daughter will relish a day all to herself. Maybe your son will be relieved there are less people to cater for. What about your husband? What does he want to do? Involve the people concerned and allow them to help you decide. But then we wouldn't have had the fun of poking fun at, at Annabelle and her family. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. You can taste when it's Waitrose. Virgin Radio. There are lots of podcasts, but one really does stand out. Uh, it is called Have You Heard George's Podcast? It's on BBC Sounds. Uh, and what they've done now is they've brought out a book. Uh, Have You Read George's Podcast? And George, the poet, joins me now. Good hey. morning. Hey, good morning, sir. You know, I think a lot of people who listen to podcasts will think, who on earth would want to read a podcast? Because normally this is like an American comic just ranting just about something. Um, so describe your podcast. How do you describe it to people? I would say it's um, a very artistic collection of my thoughts. It's arranged um, in, in poetry format, but it incorporates music, archive, random um, uh, creative tangents. So it's, it's a lot. Yeah, because I think normally you think of podcasts as being very kind of long form, right. a bit lazy, right. <laughs> you know, not produced. But yours is so beautifully produced. How how did it happen? Was it your idea or did mm. someone at Radio 5 Live come to you? I was in the music industry before and I was a recording artist and that was great. I was nominated for um, all sorts. But I, I knew that I needed longer form. But when I looked at the long form of, of podcasting, I saw that as an opportunity to make like um, um, a mutant album. Yeah. You know what I mean? So in 20 minutes, instead of um, having an unstructured train of thought, you could actually have a super song, like <laughs> what you were trying to achieve in, in an EP, yeah. but, but in, a, in a conversational style. Because actually I was talking to someone about it yesterday and, and he was saying it's like listening to chapters of an audiobook mm. because it's so... Mm. It's the opposite of thrown together. Like how long... I mean, obviously it comes out weekly, but how long does it take you right. 
to, so, do, to do one. So it doesn't actually come out weekly. When I first did it, I said I, I set myself the goal of trying to release an episode a month, and we stuck to that. Life changed. We um, signed with the BBC, and a lot of the credit goes to my producer. It's only one person who records me, who composes all the original music, who does all of the sound design. His name is Ben Brick. He is a genius. He He's really a rare is. find. He really is. He's a team in How one person. How did you person. find? How, where did you find him? We'd been friends for years. Oh, okay. And we both met in the music industry at a time where we felt like we could be doing more out the box stuff. So I eventually landed on podcasting. He had come to um, more ephemeral music, um, cinematic music. And I was like, you see what you're doing? I think it will work over here. So he helped me stick to the one month, one episode a month schedule in the early days. And then over time, it just became, let's just give them our best within a, a year or two year period. So it actually takes... The, the the amount of time it takes to make an album wow to make 10 episodes yeah <laughs> and in terms of you know because you set yourself challenges like i love the fact that your your podcast you know it's this beautiful kind of spoken word poetry with the music blah, blah, and you got nominated for best current affairs <laughs> <laughs> best current affairs podcast crazy. it's crazy isn't it yeah, yeah. Um, but that's because of your subject matter and how do you do you wait you know, obviously you're saying you, you give yourself time now, mm. but do you wait for things to come along or are you constantly looking, oh, hang on, that that's a podcast. I can I can do that. Do you know what, Graham? And it feels so weird calling you Graham. Because that's my name. <laughs> in my head, your name is actually Graham Norton. That's your first name. <laughs> but do you know what? When I first started this podcast, my aim was to provide creative space for students who might be looking into the humanities. Like, I studied politics and sociology and history. And I remember they always used to tell us, read around the subject, read, follow the news. Problem is, I found the news dry a lot of the time. So I wanted to create uh, a creative space where people could keep up with the news. And that DNA from the start of the podcast just evolved into now I'm doing my whole own research project. I'm doing a PhD, but it's all around how music, especially black music, creates this space for us to reflect and to engage with the world and to also respond to the world, to respond to our circumstances. And you talk about research. Some of your podcast reminds me, do you listen to Blind Boy? Do you listen to his podcast ever? I don't know. So he does a similar thing where he'll take a subject and then take the listener down a kind of rabbit hole of research. And you kind of think, wait, that's why this is like that? (laughs) Because this thing happened, you know, and you do the same. It's real fun. Yeah, you do the same thing. Because the the world is so much more interesting than, than a lot of the time our surface level explanations, you know, make make clear to us. And this idea of a, a book, which, as I say, you know, if you haven't heard your podcast, you're thinking, really? But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it so works. Uh, was this your idea to publish them? Yeah, 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 it was my idea. But um, Ben Brick, my producer, also, like, um, uh, helped me realise that now is the time. We were three series in, three seasons. We call them chapters in and um it's already quite a thick book if we had continued uh if, if we released the, this book after the next chapter it would be like right now it's a good few hundred pages it would be a lot more uh, yeah no, it really really <laughs> would and what was it like revisiting them and and reading 
the work you get. Did you were you strict with yourself? What? No, no, that's how I wrote it. That's yeah, how it's going to be. Or did you kind of tweak things? I had to because the audio's out. Oh, okay. And it's a lot of it is so personal. Obviously, there's current affairs, but a lot of it is so personal. I cringe reading a lot of it. Oh, really? I cringe listening to some episodes myself because I knew that in the early days when I said to myself an episode a month, what I um, did was I stuck to my real-time experiences. So there are, there are things that I went through that I would rather forget. Yeah. But I committed at the time to putting them in there. Yeah. As a matter of um, record. So... um reading that back was uncomfortable but necessary and also I should say for, for fans of the podcast it's not just the transcripts you then you tell anecdotes around the making of that episode yeah. or yeah. or things like it, 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 you fill it out as, a, as an experience that's right yeah. mm. so uh, you started in music but yeah. are you still creating music is there a world outside of the podcast 100% 100% I'm still creating music bless my little brother Michael he Really, he's like six years younger than me. I became a rapper when I was like 15. So in his formative years, he was really um, there for my come up, as was my youngest brother, Kenny. And every now and then they talk to me, they're like, what's, you know, what's, what's the plan? What's happening? <laughs> and um, it, it, for me, it really is about uh, messaging. I, I'm, not, I, I'm not good at making good music without having something to say. Okay, yeah. Well, that makes sense, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's just about figuring that out. And do, do you want to get back to doing gigs and things like that? Because, you know, yeah, that, yeah. that that's an itch in every performer, isn't it? Yeah, the, the, the thing about gigs that I love so much is people. It's the people. I remember doing Glastonbury and all of those festivals a few years ago and people who had never heard of me before sat cross-legged in the, in the rain just to figure out, you know, where I was coming from and would message me about it, share things about their lives afterwards. So I really want to get back just out of respect for my fans. And we were talking, well, Akon was singing, <laughs> but we were, uh, about, uh, you know, the success of that podcast and how people like to buy into the success. Yeah. So are people offering you kind of tele-deals? Are the streamers after you? Yeah. You know, people must be seeing other ways to exploit the popularity of this thing. Yeah, there's there's all sorts of conversations coming from these different angles of media. And I'm really grateful because at the podcast inception, uh, as I told you before, I was trying to create a, an artistic space for, for a young student to be able to, or not even necessarily a student, but a young mind to come to grips with the world. And my whole thing is like, you know, sometimes I... I, I, I I look at politics, I analyse politics and I um, wonder why it is that we end up in a cycle with promises being made um, uh, in, a, in a context where our, our political leaders don't always feel like they're able to, you know, offer a vision or for whatever reason, they're not, they're not offering a, a, a vision. And I think to myself, if they had the creative, if they felt they had the, the creative authority to actually paint you know, a picture of the world as they see it and defend that picture, that would be really powerful. So I I wanted to do that um, from different angles of media. Not, this, not that I want to be a politician, but in explaining the world and offering a vision of the world, I wanted to, it to be multimedia, not just audio, but um, uh, for the written word and, and, and for the visual element eventually. And... I'm interested, you know, obviously you're a very thoughtful man and you do think about politics, you do think about the world. Are you an optimist 
or are you a pessimist? Um, I'm an optimist. Good. I'm an optimist. <laughs> I, I think humanity is... It, we, we, we only live it, like, up to 100 years at a time. Um, but as a 3 million year story or 300,000 year story, it's, it's crazy. So there's so much reason to believe that we're capable of miracles because our existence is a miracle not just humans but life in it so yeah that that that's a source of optimism for me so you don't look out the window of the world and feel defeated by everything that's sometimes going I on do. i'm not gonna lie yeah. sometimes i do sometimes i'm like maybe maybe i care too much maybe people like people who care too much uh miss miss opportunities miss what life is all about but I, I feel like we all get meaning from each other, from yeah. the shared experience. So, you know, not caring isn't an option for me, unfortunately. Well, also, and the great thing is, you know, if you do feel def- defeated by things and, you know, feel down the way the rest of us do, you then turn it into something beautiful. Oh, which, come on. You know, yeah. a lot of us don't. <laughs> a lot of us turn it into eating, eating, <laughs> eating our feelings. But no, you turn it into beautiful things. Uh, so uh, when can people expect uh, more podcasts? Are they being dropped at the moment or? Um, so there's, if you haven't, um, if you haven't heard the podcast yet, there are around 30 episodes, really 29 episodes out there for you. Um, I recommend listening to it in order from one to to the end. And you don't have to listen all in one go, you know, you can find that moment where, where it, you know, it makes sense for you. You've got like 20, 20 minutes to spare. Um, we're gearing up for the next iteration. Um, you know, that should be coming sometime next year. But uh, for now... By all means, man, get into the book. The book offers a whole new dimension. Yeah, no, it really does. And also, because it is such a dense listen, yeah. it's kind of nice to go to the book. And oh, kind yeah. of, And you you do experience it differently. Yeah. Uh, for years, people have been asking me for the lyrics or the scripts of the, of the podcast. And I was very protective about how it's presented because some of it is dialogue. Some of it is, you know, written in, in, in my notepad. It's written in a very particular way. But now that I've been able to offer it in this format, I'm like, now nah, you guys, I, I fully recommend yeah. just revisiting it um, and, you know. And also for music lovers, all the commercial tracks are listed in here. You get to know. Yeah, you get the playlist. Yeah, you, you get the playlist. It's all there. <laughs> uh, have you read George's podcast? It is available now on in hardback and in ebook as well. Uh, George's podcast, thank you so much for coming in to see us. Thank and congratulations you, on all your success. Much appreciated. I can't wait to hear and see what you do next. <laughs> thank right. you. Take care. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. You can taste when it's Waitrose. Virgin Radio. Introducing my second guest to the day. Uh, she's been on the show before, but remotely. Now, here she is in the flesh. Uh, tell us all about Bad Sisters, a new Apple TV Plus uh, comedy drama. Her name is Eve Ewson. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Well, welcome along. Lovely to meet you. Um, and congratulations on this. This is a, such a kind of great uh, kind of women-led mm-hmm. comedy drama. I imagine, it, I hope, don't spoil it for us but uh, I hope it was fun to make it looks like it should have been a laugh it was so much fun it was just a joy I mean all the girls I genuinely have a massive crush on so 
we just had a blast together. Yeah, so talk us through the sisters. How many? There's quite a few of them. Okay, so there is Eva Berthistle, Anne-Marie Duff, Sarah Green, and of course, our champion, Sharon Horgan. Yeah. She wrote it, she created it, she produced it, she stars in it. it this is her baby. Um, and we are all just sort of like in awe of her. And who was trying to direct it while Sharon was there? <laughs> so we had we had three um, directors, but our main director is Dervila Walsh. She oh, did yes. the first block, and she is the most fantastic Irish woman you've ever met in your life. The two of you need to hang out. Oh, well, that sounds great. Okay, you know, like, I was watching it thinking whoever shot because it's shot really well. I love the way it's so good. Yeah. I mean, she's got this completely different perspective. Everything's sort of upside down in her mind and she just has such good taste in in performance and making things just unpredictable and I just loved working with her. Yeah, because she shoots things in a kind of unexpected way. Like yeah. you kind of, oh, I wouldn't have thought of putting the camera there. Oh, yeah, but actually, she, it's really, yeah. she directs in unexpected ways too. I mean, she's like, I'll... I'll I'll do a take and I'll be like, oh, that was pretty good, you know? And, and she'll be like, no, 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 more, more, more. And she pushes you and pushes you. And then all of a sudden you're doing something you couldn't have imagined, you know? Um, it's just, it was a really dreamy kind of combination. And you grew up in Dublin. I yes. say that like it's a question, but it's true. It's true. Uh, <laughs> you have Dublin. So were you kind of the hometown girl? Did people look to you kind of like, well, Eve, where, what should we do now? Where uh, should we go? Well, no, everyone was very familiar with Dublin, but I did grow up 10 minutes from the 40 foot. So when we were shooting there, everyone was a little bit jealous of me because I was staying at home and my ride to work was only 10 minutes. Because if people don't know the 40 foot, it's yeah. this uh, natural swimming spot mm -hmm. just outside Dublin. Yeah. Um, now, it used to be just men only, didn't it? It used to be men only. And then there's people are always chatting about some nude thing going on there or... I don't know, but now it's like people who put their clothes on and and uh, oh yes, it's used men to be nude. Women. Oh yes, it I, did. Yes, yeah, so I've skinny dip there. Yeah, that, oh, that, that, that was that was that was naked men. That was full of it was full <laughs> yeah. of naked men. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the ladies arrived, and so did the togs. Yes, yeah. yes, they did. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, because in my head that happened quite recently, and that you were talking about like it's, a, it's like it's Lord Ar King Arthur. <laughs> I do remember. That. I've heard stories. Back in the day, they said. <laughs> yeah, in the black and white days, yeah. uh, they used to be. And so, and would you would you go swimming there when you were a kid? I would go swimming there, but I became more obsessed with it um, just in the run-up to do this. My friend Domino, she does it every day. She's diehard, and so she was like, I will take you, you gotta get used to it, you gotta get comfortable with the jump and everything. So I started going every weekend and now it's like this weird, crazy obsession where I make myself go and then I curse myself for doing it and then I jump in and I feel amazing and it's sort of just this beautiful habit and you feel kind of like you're on drugs or something. I always feel like anything that's good when it stops probably wasn't worth doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually, the, it's the lead up. And then once you're in and you have this kind of rush of endorphins that you feel amazing after. Okay. I promise, I promise. All right. Hey, listen, I'll tell you what we haven't talked about yeah. is what Bad Sister's about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we've, we've done a very poor job here, okay. Eve. I blame you. Okay, so uh, <laughs> this is basically the pitch. It's um, about five Irish sisters who, um, one of the sisters, Anne-Marie Duff, is married to... A terrible, awful, 
terrible person. This is Klaus Bang. Is it Klaus yes, Bang? Yes, Klaus Bang. Klaus Bang. And um, he kind of terrorizes the sisters in different ways. And they decide that the only way to save their sister from this abusive marriage is to kill him. And they're not talented at murder at all. And everything sort of goes wrong. Um, but at the beginning of the first episode, you know he's dead. So you know that, that someone has succeeded, but you don't know how. No. It, I, yeah. I've only seen the first episode. It's brilliant, I have to say. Not no, to toot my own horn or anything. No, but it is, it's, like, it's like a sort of Irish... Uh, Big Little Lies kind of yeah. thing. It's that sort of thing that it's it is comedy and it is drama, yeah. but actually you just like spending time with these people in this world. It's yeah, and I also think just the dynamic between the sisters is brilliant, and you really believe us as a family, and it's funny and it breaks your heart, and it's like. I know, it's kind of like if Martin McDonough birthed the Spice Girls or something, you know? Like, that's the kind of clan that we have, and then... And there's some great real estate. There's great real estate, yes. Oh, I, I love a bit of property porn yeah. in the middle of a drama. Uh, <laughs> it makes you want to move to Dublin. Yeah, like, no, yeah. Ireland looks beautiful. I mean, yeah. really, really, it's shot in a different way, I think, than people have seen, so... Yes, because it's not obvious that it's Ireland till people speak. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's shot like a western or something. Is, is it dropping weekly? I think it is. Isn't yeah. It? So they do the they, the first two episodes were out yesterday. Okay. And then it's one a week. Okay. And so I have a pitch. Oh yeah. So because you don't have your talk show yeah. on at the moment, yeah. we couldn't come on no. to promote our show. No, you couldn't. No. But guess what? Yeah. We could come on for the finale. Oh, that's a good idea. You could have the five girls on the couch. <laughs> the finale's in October. Oh, yes, because we're still on it. We'll yes, be back on exactly. in October. Yeah, 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 yeah. Talk, I'll have my people call your people. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and then what we'll do is, what we'll do is, we'll do a tombola backstage to see which of the sisters comes on. <laughs> Okay, great. We'll cut to the green room yeah. and uh, the five sisters will be <laughs> That is hilarious. Uh, can this... Obviously, we haven't got to the finale yet. Obviously, you know, you, you can't kill the brother-in-law again. Mm -hmm. But could we visit the sisters again? Could we live in this world again? That's kind of the question that's floating around our camp is what could happen? Um, I think because, honestly, the reviews have been out of this world we have like 100% on Rotten Tomatoes it's like it's nuts and there's a real buzz about it yeah. that um, I'm sure they'd want to do a season two and also just like the characters are great you kind of want to see them again you want to live with them there's more to do I just don't know how I, I don't know but Sharon's just did Sharon write at all or were there other writers there's involved there's other writers as well yes um, but she's sort of the showrunner um, I'm sure she could come up with something if she was prompted. Yes. 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 I mean, yeah. Well, maybe she could be killed because it sounds exhausting what she has to do. <laughs> it is. <laughs> she could leave I, it. Some, I'm sure there were some days where she wanted <laughs> us to murder her. Um, yeah, she worked so hard. I've never seen anybody work that hard. Oh, my God. I was just so impressed. Wow. Yeah. I actually took a lot from her. I was, like, watching her do all these things in between takes, and I started to go, like, well, I, I guess I could do more work in between takes. And I was bringing my computer and sort yeah. of trying to pretend to be her um, she's just incredible and so funny and so smart and gorgeous and yeah and for you because obviously you know you're a, a creative clever person and, mm -hmm. and you're very successful now as an actor but is there a bit of you that kind of thinks I'm gonna make my 
my things. I'm, I've am i bought a book and I'm going to adapt it and I'm going to do whatever. Yeah, I definitely want to do that. And I've started to do that. It's just hard to kind of get things off the ground. I've had a lot of good ideas, I thought, but then it has to get through like a process. <laughs> And usually there's like some lawyer that's annoying that's like won't give me the life rights and I'm like, oh so you have to drop it. But I definitely do. I feel this is very relatable. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you understand. (laughs) I had an idea once. It seemed exhausting. (laughs) I thought about it once and then I gave up. Um no, but I do. I think I would really like to direct. I think that's my kind of that's would be my shtick. I don't know if I could produce just because it's a lot of like phone calls. Yeah. It's a lot of chat. No, you need people to protect you from those phone calls. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm the one who can come in, I make the decisions, you know, I'm direct. I can just be like, yeah, this, that, that, no, do it better. That was bad. <laughs> Cut that. And we're done, you yeah, know? I'm out of here. Yeah. Are you watching Irma Vep or Irma V? No, but I've heard it's great. It is really good, but it makes you think I would never, ever ever want to direct anything ever really yeah. yeah i know i've seen i've seen that i've seen that but i've also seen some directors just thrive okay <laughs> Dervla, Dervla thriving Dervla does thrive i mean she has she's so funny she has like a panic attack every day of the week but like she in her own special artistic way it sort of creates genius it's it's amazing. Bad Sisters. Bad Sisters is the name of the show. Uh, Eve Houston stars as Becca. And it is now streaming exclusively on Apple TV+. I'm going to release you back into the world now. <gasps> Thank you. I know. Thank, Thank you for you so joining much. us. Thank you for having me. It was no. lovely to finally meet you in Yes. Person. No, lovely. To, and maybe we'll see you on the television. Oh, yeah. See you there in yeah. October. All right. See you there. Yeah, <laughs> okay. today. Yeah. Uh, I'll call my booker. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, I'll, great, I'll, I'll, great I can great. make this happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cheers, you. Bye. Bye. Still to come, Lulu joins me to talk about a new documentary that's getting great reviews, My Old School, based on the true life story of Brian McGinnon. But first, hello, Martha. So what is it officially called? So it is called a cheese and bacon Hasselback potato bake. I love every word in that sentence. I know, there's everything in here you think, yes, I want more. It's cream, it's parmesan, it's garlic, it's bacon lardens, potatoes. Oh, I feel like I should be making this in like midwinter, but we're having it in August because well, why not? And also, it's got quite cloudy now. Exactly. I think the weather, the weather <laughs> has changed to reflect the mood of our trolley. Um, uh, tell me this, a Hasselback uh, potato isn't a isn't a breed of potato. It's a no. way. It's a way you do it. Absolutely, it's a, a preparation method. So it's a kind of a Charlotte potato or a little miniature potato of some kind, and then the Hasselback refers to the way that you chop it. Mm-hmm. All the little little tiny slices. It does take a while, but I would argue that it's worth it because all the flavour seeps oh. into the little yes. crevices. See, now that you say that, and I look at that big <laughs> tray, I'm thinking that must have taken ages to hassle back all those potatoes. It's quite therapeutic. Like some people will say making marmalade is therapeutic because it takes four hours and you cut peel. And it's not as long as that, but it does take a while to get... If you, if you rush and speed up, they just look awful. So you've got to be slow and steady... Nice okay. little chops, but yeah. it is worth it. The overall appearance, they look so much better than just a classic roast potato. Or if you've got children, use them. Uh, yeah. they could, they... I was thinking about that in the kitchen. I was like, is this... I don't have kids. I was like, is this good with kids? I don't know. Sharp knives? Knives, I think, children <laughs> are always... Yeah. As long as they all get on, you can be... <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I a fight, if a fight breaks out, you're in trouble. Fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, 
Um, and in, in terms of uh, starting to finish, how long does this take? How long? Because these are quite small potatoes. So is it long time in the oven? So they go in the oven for quite a while just to make sure that they're completely cooked through. Oh, good. Um, but I... the prep is quite minimal. I'll, once you've done the yeah, potatoes, okay. the rest of the prep is quite minimal. Mm. Here comes a DJ covered in <laughs> potato, bacon and cheese. <laughs> that is so good. Um, yes, I'll be interested to know, because, yeah, there's more than one... Is there more than one sort of cheese in there? Yes, two kinds of oh, cheese. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My cheesy taste buds were right there. OK, so talk us through... This is Martha telling us how to make cheese and bacon Hasselbeck potato bake. So it's like a tray bake. Yes. But with little potatoes all over it. Yeah, yeah it would be brilliant, a side dish to roast or just some nice a big salad or something like that because it's quite mm. rich quite a lot of rich ingredients I was thinking when Maria was talking about her diet I thought this is not this is not a diet recipe no <laughs> no there's several things in here that are not part of anybody's diet yes but, but it is delicious but it's a treat and it's and it's fun and it tastes good so you're going to start with bacon and onion in a cold frying pan put that onto the heat and just bring it up for 10 minutes and it will get lovely and caramelised and the bacon will get crispy <sighs> whilst that's happening you want to hassle back your potatoes so while you... that's happening <laughs> while that's happening and Add trees are losing minutes. their leaves <laughs> yeah so to hassle back your potatoes you want to take a sharp knife and then find two either chopsticks or kind of wooden spoon handles you put the potato in between the chopsticks and then you can slice and you won't go all the way through that speeds it up. That's your top tip. Yes, well because otherwise... Today's top tip. <laughs> today's top tip, use yeah. your chopsticks. Because yeah. otherwise you, it's very difficult to measure and then you'd end up chopping it in half in the middle and you, it's just very annoying. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's a disaster. Exactly. And Get then some you just, chopsticks. And then you just chop them up and make little chips instead. Yeah. But <laughs> if you lose the will to live halfway through, that's what you can do. Yeah. But once you've hassled back your potatoes, we're going to take that bacon and the onion, put it into a bowl and add to it some double cream, some Parmesan cheese, some garlic, thyme leaves, salt and pepper. Mix that all together. Put that into the base of a kind of uh, roasting tin or baking tray. Then we put the potatoes on top and tumble them through the cream so that they get lovely coating. Then they go covered in foil into the oven for an hour. Mm. Then we take the foil off, cook them for another ten, another 20 minutes and we put some torn mozzarella over the top so that they, oh, that melts and that's the kind of oozy, gooey... Yeah. Bit on top. And then a little bit of time to finish it, a little bit of freshness. And yeah, it's a good one. Oh, that's right. Do you know what? This is the only reason I could imagine doing um, that wild swimming, you know, where you jump into a lake, <laughs> is if someone told me I could have one of these when I got out. Yes, this would be the, the right kind of thing to mm. warm you up. Wouldn't it be lovely? Wrapped in a, wrapped in a towel. Oh, and yes. And somebody's giving you a plate of that. <laughs> Just hot cream and oh. bacon and potatoes. Yeah, it's the one. Delicious. And this is uh, in the Waitrose Weekend newspaper? Yes, it is. They've got a big feature on potatoes um, by the Create Not Hate campaign, kind of about the potato being uniting. It's in all cultures. It's in all kind of cuisines. So there's a recipe for this, which is a bit more, a bit of a French kind of style dish. Then there's some kind of potato patties. There's some lovely other potato barbecue skins. There's all sorts. So have a look. I like that. World peace through the power of the potato. I know. <laughs> Excellent. I liked it too. <laughs> uh, recipes, basket recipes can be found at the brand new Graham Norton Waitrose Hub, waitrose.com slash showchef. And you can also check out the recipe on our socials at Virgin Radio UK. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. You can taste when it's Waitrose.
Virgin Radio. You need a jingle, Martha. I, I, <laughs> occasionally, every now and again, I when I think about the show, I think, you know what the show needs? A jingle for Martha. I would not object if you made me a jingle, Greg. OK, well, <laughs> I, I won't be making it, I'll tell you that. I think you would object if I made it. <laughs> You've got, no, I can't listen to that every week. Thank you very much, Graham. But th- thanks, but no thanks. Uh, all right, what do you bring us today? So, today, we have a dessert. It is an avocado chocolate tart... With candied tangerine pieces. Candied tangerine. Mm. Now, I'm, I'm, now, sometimes they say it's your recipe and you say, no, not mine. But this is yours. Yes, I I, I claim to this one. Make okay. claims to this one. So, uh, <laughs> where, where did inspiration come to combine avocado and chocolate? Well, I've seen a lot of avocado and chocolate out there. Kind of mousses and good for vegan recipes. Waitress commissioned me to make a vegan dessert recipe. So okay. I thought, do you know what? Let's, let's try it. Try and combine that lovely moussey kind ofness that you get from avocado because it's so high in fat that it can replace things like cream and things like that in dishes. And then put it into a lovely tart, so with a kind of chocolatey, buttery, cheesecake crumb kind of base, and then some candied oranges on the top. But oh. just to, yeah, orange, and you wouldn't think orange and avocado would work, but when they have the dark chocolate kind of bridging them. Oh, dark chocolate and orange. Exactly. Is just, I mean, you know, hello, Terry. Uh, <laughs> Come in, Terry. Um, and do you, did you actually candy your own tangerines? Yes. It's not as hard as it as it sounds. I mean, you're so crafty. <laughs> I imagine your house is bedecked with gingham. <laughs> that's a little. That's a little gingham. A little gingham. Gingham apron. And is is the uh, is the fact that the, the so the pastry base and everything is vegan? Does that make it harder or easier to make? It makes it exactly the same. So, oh, yeah, okay. there's no... There's, this is a very easy vegan recipe. So if you've got vegan friends and you're trying to impress them, I would say this is a good, impressive dessert. Oh, yeah, and, and non-vegans can eat it too. Oh, yeah, yeah. of course. I often think that with, with, with restaurants and things, that vegan restaurants, I can't go in there. Yes. <laughs> I'm not a vegan. I can't go in there. I can't yeah. have that brownie. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, actually, I probably... I can, actually, I can eat all of that. <laughs> It's the fact that I can't eat other things. Uh, okay, look, I'll tell you what. Uh, let's uh, have a slice and I- I'll uh, eat that and then we'll discover how to make an avocado chocolate tart with candied tangerine. You join me while I'm chatting to... Martha. <laughs> it's your jingle, Martha. I absolutely love that. Martha. <laughs> See? Yeah, it's very good. It's got the checkout ting-ting from Waitrose. And yeah. yeah, very good. Lovely. Oh, How do they do that in, like... It's incredible. I mean, seconds. listen to that. Martha. I mean, how, how how did they make that in such a short amount of time? It's incredible. It's is there more than one voice singing? Uh, I think what they did is they looped it. It's like the Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran pedal. They were out there going over and over it again. Yeah. Wow. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Let's forget about the rest of it. Let's just <laughs> yeah, listen to that just... jingle some more. <laughs> Right, we are uh, finding out how to make an avocado chocolate top with candy tangerine. It is a vegan dessert, and I can tell you now, apparently sugar is vegan, uh, because <laughs> I'm, I'm on a sugar high. Yes, it is. It's got definitely, the sugar is real sugar. Oh, yeah. no, it's del- <laughs> it is, Actually, it's really good. It is really good. The, the combination of the, the, the chocolate in the filling and that dessert, that biscuity um, base is delicious. So um, what do you start with? Do you make the filling first or the base? So we're going to make the base first. Okay. It's very much like making a cheesecake base. So we're going to take some digestive biscuits. I've got these Dove's Farm wholemeal ones. Blitz them up. 
add some cocoa powder and then melt some kind of vegan butter alternative, something like yeah. that. There's a lot of margarines that are already vegan. So just take some of that, melt it down, mix it together and then press it into a tart tin. Um, or you could do it in a kind of cheesecakey tin if you wanted to do it without edges. Press it into the tart tin, stick it in the fridge for at least an hour to set and to solidify. Then we're going to make our candied orange peels. These look really lovely on the top, very vibrant. Very vibrant. And I've done it with tangerines. Um, which, yeah, the skin kind of st sticks to the orange better. So if you use any old easy peelers, sometimes the skin will kind of come away when you try and oh, yes. boil them. So tangerines have a lovely kind of sweetness to them. So you want to slice those finely, put them into a saucepan with some water and some sugar, and then we boil them for 15 minutes and then get them out with a slotted spoon. And that is a candied orange. So it's literally just been cooked through and then left to dry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You've been candied. Yeah, yeah. candied. And then you can't... We're going to... Uh, we're going to keep the syrup because that's going to go into the filling. So gotcha. no waste here. So we okay. keep that lovely orange flavoured syrup. When you're ready to make your filling, so just a few, like kind of half an hour before you're ready to serve, we're going to blitz up. Oh, question, question. Qu so, go sorry, question in the back. Question in the back. <laughs> How long am I leaving my base in the fridge for? Um, at least an hour, but it can be in there for a couple of days if, oh, you're, oh, yeah. if you're really organised. That's a great thing about <laughs> vegan. Nothing to go off. Yes, that's true, actually. Yeah. This will probably last ages. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're going to blitz your avocado with melted chocolate and then 100 millilitres of that orange syrup that you've just made. Mm -hmm. And it becomes this beautiful kind of smooth, light, moussey glossiness. I'd say ganache. It does look like a ganache, <laughs> but there's said, no cream. I've said ganache twice today. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Three times. <laughs> then you're going to spread that into your base, top it with those lovely pieces of orange and then some pistachio nuts, a bit more of syrup if you've got any left, and that's ready. Yeah, it, it, honestly, the combination of that base and the the chocolate avocado thing is really nice. It's I'm glad you good. like it. You can tell that there's some. It has kind of an er, more earthy flavour, I would say, than a traditional chocolatey tart. Yes, I mean it's one of those things. I think I could taste the avocado, but I wondered, did I know it was avocado because avocado's in the title? <laughs> you want to make it's a kind of dessert you want to make, not tell anyone that it's got avocado in, and see if they can figure it out. Yeah, when you give it when you feed them. Yeah. <laughs> See, see if anybody says anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, an experiment. Yeah. Is there avocado in this? <laughs> Have you put avocado in my pudding? Uh, yeah, I don't know. But you, you, yes, you're right. You can tell that there's something. But I think the more base you have with the filling, then you taste the avocado less. Not that the avocado is bad. <laughs> Just a whole bowl of crumbs and base instead. Crumbs and chocolate. Next, yeah. next week. <laughs> yeah, or buy a bar of chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is the avocado chocolate tart with candied tangerine. Uh, recipes past the present can be found on the Graham Norton Waitrose Hub on their website. You go to waitrose.com slash showchef to see all the recipes. You can also check out the recipe on our socials at Virgin Radio UK. Uh, have a lovely, lovely week, Martha, and uh, we'll see you back here at the top of the tower next weekend. Yes, looking forward to it. All right. Guest. The, uh, uh, the um, guest. Guest. Yeah, and the voice people are attempting to identify is this one. See what you think. My signature dish, because I don't have a signature dish, because I don't cook something often enough <laughs> to have, like, a signature dish. Well, a Welsh classic, you must have a Welsh Yeah, classic. so that's what I went for. So a I went Welsh for rabbit. a Glamorgan sausage. I took this as my signature dish because it's a Welsh dish to make for Mary Berry. And when she tasted it, she admitted that she's never heard of or tasted a Glamorgan sausage what? in her entire life. So I officially popped her cherry. And did she like it? <laughs> Or a sausage. <laughs> she give me a star. Okay. 
who did Mary Berry give a star to? Uh, if somebody correctly identifies that voice, they will win the Graham Norton Waitrose gift box with the reusable cup and champagne and truffles and vinegar and all sorts in that big reusable box. Okay, first up, uh, we've got Vanessa. Hello, Vanessa. Hello, Graham. Lovely to speak to you. Well, lovely to speak to you. Uh, where are you today? Blackheath. Blackheath. East London. Nice, nice. And uh, any plans in uh, Blackheath today, Vanessa? Um, well, my usual trip to the farmer's market oh. and um, later having dinner with my dear friends that are over from Australia. So, yeah, nice day. <gasps> Lovely. You're heading off to uh, the culinary capital, uh, Peckham. I hope it's quite quite. Cl- <laughs> well, look, there's so, so many nice restaurants there now. Supposedly, yeah. Oh, I see. Vanessa, Vanessa doesn't go further afield than the farmers' market. <laughs> it's not really mine. <laughs> no, I, 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 I hear. Yes, I hear Peckham's lovely, but uh, oh look, here's some organic eggs. Uh, <laughs> all right, Vanessa, let's see if you can delight your friends visiting Australia uh, with all the goodies in that gift box. Who do you think that voice belongs to? I think it's Rob Brydon, but I'm not awfully sure at all, but going to give it a bash. Okay, well, there's the tension bed because it's very exciting. Is it Rob Brydon? Let's find out. (coughs) Oh, Vanessa. Oh, but see, there's still the farmer's market to look forward to. You've still got that. That's still the, that's that sound. Well, look, have a that lovely... going to make up for everything. It would, of course. Have a lovely dinner tonight with your friends. Take care Thank now. You. Enjoy the rest Thank of your you. Sunday. Bye, Vanessa. Bye. Okay, there goes Vanessa. Next up is uh, Katrina. Hello, Katrina. Hello, Graham. Lovely to talk to you. I'm sensing a winner. <laughs> uh, you... Is it the accent that gives it away? Maybe? It was the accent. <laughs> Are you related to them? <laughs> I'm not. No. No, I'm a big fan, though. Okay. And whereabouts in Wales? Are you in Wales right now? Yes, I am. I live in Portalbert. <gasps> Home of the famous actors. Yes. Michael Sheen, Richard Burton, Anthony Hopkins. It is mad that they all come for that one place. Such a talented place. We're all wonderful here. What can I say? Well, you're coming across very well on the radio, Katrina. Um, Thank uh, you. So do you see Michael Sheen around the place? Yes, often. He's, he often walks around town and he'll say hello. Yes, he's wonderful. Oh, excellent. Well done. Uh, no, I knew Michael years ago. He was at drama school when I was... I, we were at a different drama school, but I used to uh, see him around the place. Michael Sheen, very nice man. Uh, yes, all right. very nice. And there's a lot of uh, really good work for charity. He does. He puts his money where his mouth is. So, like, he's not... Yes. Yeah, he's one of those people. He, 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 he makes the rest of us feel very kind of lazy and apathetic. <laughs> he's very good. Uh, well, Katrina, uh, let's cut to the chase. <laughs> uh, if you get, By the way, if you get this wrong... <laughs> <laughs> you can't show your you can't show your face in Portola for a while. Uh, no, I can't. Can oh, I? Okay, who do you think the voice belongs to, Katrina? Uh, Gareth Thomas. Alright. Ooh, are you right? Are you wrong? He's right! Well done, Katrina. You will be winning that Graham Norton gift box with all the goodies contained within. Uh, is there anyone you'd like to say hello to while you're uh, on air? Uh, just everyone that knows me. Fair enough. That's probably Gareth Thomas. <laughs> yeah, hi, I'll see you. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, look, enjoy the rest of your Sunday in Port Talbot, Katrina. Congratulations on, on winning the big gift box. Take care of yourself. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for, th- thanks for phoning in. All right, take bye. care of yourself. Bye, 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 bye. Now, in 1967, my next guest starred in a school movie to Sir With Love. Now she's back at the big screen in another extraordinary high school movie. It's a documentary called My Old School, and her name is Lulu. Hello. Hey, Graham. How are you? Oh, well, actually, I'm pretty good today. I'm pretty good today, yeah, I have to say. Oh, good. Well, you're looking fabulous, Thank as you. always. Oh, as always. I love when you talk to me like that. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, this documentary, it's its one of those things, it's quite hard to talk about because it's so twisty-turny. There are yeah. so many kind of reveals along the way. Uh, but that's what keeps your attention. Oh, it so keeps your attention. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, where will we start? So how, when people say what to ha- you, when people say to you, oh, you're in this movie, yeah. what do you tell them about <laughs> Well, I wanted to be in this movie. I thought I was going to become a film star overnight. <laughs> but because of COVID, you know, the, the, the whole thing uh, was kind of stopped in its tracks. So actors couldn't be filmed. Uh, although the lead actor, Alan Cumming, was, I am an animated character. But I do sing the title song for the movie, which is the same with To Serve With Love. You know, I sang that. Sang. Yeah. So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a sweet parallel there. Um, and But the film itself was presented to me by uh, John McLeod, who's a Glaswegian, because it's a, it's a Glaswegian story about mm. school, about this... How do you describe him? This kind of really, he's a bit nuts. He is nuts. The guy who who returns to school 15 years after he left and uh, pretends that he's 15 years younger. He's, you know, and and goes into the class, tries to study to, to become a doctor and it doesn't quite doesn't quite work out for him, but that's simplifying it, as you say. Yeah. There's so many twists and turns because the guy is crazy and he actually never gives up. Well, but except it is kind of a mo. You, his explanation, you know, you do understand because at that stage, I think you, you know, he he wants to get into medical school, so he needed yes. the qualifications. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But, also, oh, yeah, wait a minute. If you can't fit Glasgow, who you, you want to say, who are you kidding? Look at you, you don't look that age. You look 15 years older than you're trying to pretend you are. But it, and, and the way all the school accepts him. That's what's fascinating because they're all, they all seem highly intelligent and they all, you know, reasonable people and they accept this guy. And it's so interesting and you're constantly thinking, are they going to come to, what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what's going to happen? And what I love about the film is you get all the classmates back oh, together again. Oh, now, they are unbelievable. Yeah. Don't you think? Oh, so, um, like for one class to have that many funny, characters, uh, charismatic <laughs> yes. people is is extraordinary. And and what's, also what's extraordinary is you're right because they did all kind of know something was up at the time, but they just accepted it. And it's only now, all these years later, that they're coming together <laughs> and they're all telling the story and kind of going, "Oh, I didn't know that bit," real and about I didn't it. know that bit. Yes. And da, da, da. I yes. love that that coll- yeah. collective memory. Well, that's what's so clever about Jono, the director, the writer, the producer. He he managed to let this thing unfold. In fact, I think probably I could do and I could probably talk about this forever, but I am a big fan of Jono's and I've only known him a few years, but the more I know him, the Listen, I want him to put me in his next film. I can't wait for his <laughs> next project. But what they said in Rolling Stone, and I think it encapsulates this film, it says <clears throat> the way it unfolds on screen in its own way is low-key brilliant and endlessly clever. And that's what I meant by saying 
you are just absorbed. You cannot, you're fascinated from minute to end. And it seems to fly quite quickly. And of course, what about Alan Cumming? Well, yes, but well, we should point out, so basically this is a, it is yeah, a documentary. You explain it, you well, explain no, well, it. Well, no, because I think we talk about actors and, and cartoons and animation. It is a documentary. It was a big story back in the 90s. I do remember it. I was living in London then uh-huh. and I remember I hearing about it. I remember it because I wasn't living in Scotland, yes. Yeah, but in Scotland it was a, a massive story. And so the, the real man, he granted an interview but didn't want to be filmed. So Alan Cumming does this lip sync performance, which is... You forget. You really forget it's not him. Well, you know what happened to me? I actually said when I went in to do some, what did I, I was maybe doing, oh yeah, I think I was doing my my my, my vocal something, maybe the music or something. And I said to Jono, is there something wrong with Alan's voice? He got a bit of a cold, huh? Something wrong with his throat. <laughs> because his lip syncing was so great that I did think it was him, but his voice was a bit off that day. Yeah. But, and also, it, I think it's one of the best things Alan's done because it's such a contained Very performance. Contained. It's, yeah, he is totally Brandon. What's his surname, Brandon? Lee. Lee. He's t- and that's another thing. Yes. I mean, I mean let's so not many, even go into, so many let's not go into that. But that's sort of is <laughs> explained through the film. But all I can say is also because we haven't touched on it, it's funny. Yeah. It's very, very funny because of the. You know, the way Jono has managed to film and talk to these people, the way he's edited it, the way he's managed to make it sort of complex but interesting and fascinating is, you know, he he reveals these characters in this classroom and they are very real. They're not actors. They are funny as hell. And yet the story is weird. It is. So it's got everything in it. You know? and I, I, some of the reviews have said this that, you know, if this had been a kind of a Netflix documentary, it would have been kind of very dark and sinister. Yes. Or yes. Some, something awful this way yes. comes. Yes. And, and, but actually, it's quite a bright, entertaining story. Absolutely. And I, I, you know, I don't know what, I mean, I think my my granddaughter, Bella, would enjoy it because she's smart. She's very smart. She's very inquisitive. So she'd be like, what is this? What is it? Would f- I think it fascinates. Anyway, look, we are banging on. You know what, guys? <laughs> Just see it for yourself. And we should, we, you know, we should say, it's had an amazing run. It was at Sundance earlier in the year. It's been out in yeah. America already. It's, I think it's going to become a cult, and really. It's, it's, it's out here, on, it started here on Friday. It's in selected UK and Irish cinemas from Friday. Uh, now, so that is, so you're on screens uh, in select cinemas across the UK and Ireland. Then you are going on a tour. And, you know, I thought, oh, nobody's going on tour. That'll be a few dates. Again. <laughs> I've got... Yeah, quite I, don't want to, I don't want to tire you by showing you those two pages of, of, of dates. But that's, it's a big old tour. Well, this is a kind of, I mean, how can I... This is something different for me. And, of course, that's kind of... I mean, that in itself is a weird thing because I have been doing this thing for nearly 60 years. But I was offered this this um, idea of doing this tour um, and it will be different. And that's, that's uh, you know, after 50, nearly 60 years, it's, it's an unusual, it'll be hopefully unusual and different from anything I've ever done before. And there is going to be a book. You know the Tashin books? The oh, really yes, those beautiful, heavy, bit, those big beautiful, coffee table books. Yeah. I, I, I'm a big fan of the, those kind of books. I have coffee table books. Um, there's one of those that goes along with it or where, with photographs and, and some dialogue from me in it, writing and, it out. So the tour is called For the Record. And- well, 
Or no, is it not? I think it is. I think it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty good, actually. I think that's where we've finally agreed that. But you know how okay. it is. It's it feels like it's a long way away yet. And I'm always going, oh, but wait, is that absolute? For the record, it's for the record, for the record. Yeah. And it strikes me, you're one of those people, <clears throat> this doesn't come naturally to you looking back. Like, you're a very forward-looking person. Yes. I think that's true. And, and I'm getting ancient as hell. I mean, I'm 73. No. Oh, I know. I don't look it, do I? <laughs> no. I look 83. No, no, no. But you know what you don't do? You don't sound it. Your voice, no. you know, because there are some people who are 73 and they're going on tour and you're thinking, really? Yeah. But, you know, as we just heard, you still sound fantastic. You know, the voice is still absolutely with you. I, I think I'm fortunate to have what they call, what I've been told uh, is a young spirit. And uh, because I live for music, I live to do what I do, I am disciplined, I take care of myself and I work hard at it. I'm actually a workaholic, truth be known. And I have, so I have a very strong work ethic, so I work at it in order to be able to do the best I can do. Um, but the, the, the I forgot what I was going to start with, though. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is what happens when you're 73. But, you know, uh, uh, looking back will be one part of it, but that won't be all of it. Oh. But, but I'm, were... not, I, I'm not going to talk anymore about exactly what's going to happen. But because it, you don't know it will be different. It will be different. <laughs> Here she goes. It will be different. And uh, you, because I, I didn't realise till I, I met you and I was talking to you that you don't just, you know, you're not doing the tour, but you also songwriter. You do lots of songwriting. Well, I do, but I actually write with my brother. So I give him most of the weight because Billy actually wakes up in the morning and he's written something, he's writing something. He's always, not me, I will only do it if I've got a project. And um, <clears throat> I don't know what that is. Maybe it's because that's not how I started. He used to start, he used to write stories words and poetry when he was a baby practically but so we are a partner and we we do write yeah we write stuff and we'll probably have one or two new ones but not a lot of brand new songs in the in the tour yeah and when i when you when i show you those lists of of i can dates, see them from here yeah but like it's scary from what, here well, no, but then, I don't what i was gonna it. say was does that fill you with dread or do you kind of think great, great. I'm, I'm gonna get out there oh my god it's, I, I just love to work i feed off well hello you're not a slacker, are you? I'd like to be. I... Would you? Would you really? No, I don't think you. No, would, I think. It, but the trouble is, it's feast or famine, isn't it? You're either I think working. So. You're either I working so hard yeah. that you want to lie down in a darkened room with a wet rag in your head, or there's nothing in the foreseeable future, and you're, you know, I suicidal. I don't think you and I would ever let that happen because <laughs> the, the actual fear of that happening in itself makes you plan, makes you work. I mean, like I'm 73. You think the world is dying to see Lulu? People are just can't wait. You know, that's Adele. Everyone calling me Adele. <laughs> I have to make myself, you know, kind of think, what could I do that would be slightly interesting? Or what, you know, I create my own work. I yeah. don't sit and wait for it. Because, um, you know, I'm not a, a youngster anymore. And it's really a lot of the music business is about what's young people. But then there is a place for us old farts, you know. Well, if I you can still cut it. I talk to Tom I, Jones a lot. Yeah. Well, listen, um, you absolutely <laughs> can still cut it. I saw your last 
last tour and it was fantastic if tour, tour tickets and information and you can buy tickets uh, you can go to uh, Lulu Official all one word luluofficial.com that's for the tour and My Old School is the fascinating documentary film that is out <laughs> in selected UK and Irish cinemas now Lulu thank you so much for coming so to see this oh, so fun. good to see you this is fun I'll see you soon alright <laughs> uh, talking of Bearsden Academy which we were Alex and Franz Ferdinand went to that school oh yeah but you know what else I didn't say I have to thank you for introducing me to Jonah Oh, because I really I you know he's a very 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 close friend now and I like I said I want him to put me in his next film okay. I'm joking I'm joking <laughs> he will he will he he's will. so talented thank you so much for joining me on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose and hey have you clicked that follow button on our socials if not you are missing out on all the behind-the-scenes action from the kitchen to the studio. Just look up at Virgin Radio UK on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Speak soon. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. You can taste when it's Waitrose. Virgin Radio.